halachos of Purim, I want to start with a, a halacha that is not as well known, um, something that, that that is a that has become a minog in Klal Basically, it's not it's not a uh, an ironclad halacha, if you will, but it is a custom that on Erev Yom Kippur, on Erev Purim, excuse me, on Erev Purim, that one gives what is called the machtes shekel. Now, the machtes shekel, as you know, was the half silver coin that the Jewish people all donated to the Beis Hamikdash. The purpose of it was mostly for bringing the regular carbon tumid with the purpose of it in the time when, when we had a base of when we had the holy temple. So the purpose of the of the of the uh of the Masa Shekel was to be used by um was to be used in um in the base of for the purposes of bringing the carbon tzibur, the daily sacrifices that needed to be brought on behalf of the entire congregation. <clears throat> However, this concept of Machsa Shekel is mentioned three times in the Torah. There are three different uh, uh, donations of a Machsa Shekel. One was for the was for a census. One was for the purpose of building the Adonim, the foundations of the Mishkan. And the third was this Machsa Shekel that was used for the carbon Tamid. And as such, the custom has become to give three half coins of the currency, whatever current the current currency is in the country where you happen to be living. So in America... Please come in. Um, I'm going to pause the recording for a moment. I have a I have a guest inside now. I have to move my camera around. Give me half a moment, please. I apologize to everybody who's online. Give me just a moment. I'm going to move the camera. Okay, everybody. We're good? Yeah. Okay. Yes? Okay. So we're continuing talking about the Mahasa Shekel. So the custom is to give three half dollars, silver half dollars. Um, the time to do so is at Mincha time uh, on Purim, right before, on, on Erev Purim, on Tanis Esther, either before or after Mincha, it's, there seems to be a machlokas, that seems to be debatable. Again, around that time is best if a person didn't give the Maxa Shekel before Purim, so then one can give it all the way until Rosh Chodesh Nisan without a problem and, and, uh, and Biyotze their Chiyuv. Um, who is obligated in giving the Maxa Shekel. So it is customary for all men to give it. Ladies, it's voluntary. They could, or again, it's not, not necessarily. Um, it is really only a chiyah for somebody who's over t- from 20 years old and up, because that's the, that the age at which people uh, become chayav in avoda in the Beis HaMikdash, service in the Beis HaMikdash. However, if somebody gave for a younger child, even one year, and didn't say blineder, then one should continue to do so on an annual basis. So <clears throat> um, some have a minute to do it immediately after Bar Mitzvah, but, um, and the money that is collected can be given to every, any tzedakah that you want. I would highly recommend this in this coming year, given that for those of you that haven't seen, there's a lot of campaigns going on. Now, this is just, I guess, a, a commercial break right here. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a tremendous uh, push to raise money to help Yidden, to help the Jews who are escaping from the Ukraine. Um, there's a currently a campaign that Goda has a campaign, a matching campaign up to $5 million. Every, anybody that can give should give to that. Uh, somebody actually asked me, I'm just going to stick this in here because we're going to get to Matan Savionim hopefully towards the end of the year today. But um, 
somebody actually asked me how to divide between Matanas Avionim and what you give for Ukraine. This, this Ukrainian appeal is literally Sakonis Nefashas. It's a matter of people, it's a matter of life and death for people. People must get out of that war zone. People need food, they need shelter, they need security. It's very important to give towards that. I would highly recommend that the monies collected from the Matzah Shekel be given towards that. You're not Yotze Matzah Shekel giving banknotes, interestingly enough. You should give coins. If you can't give half dollars, then you should give other coins that make up the value of three half dollars, a dollar fifty. If you can give silver half dollars, it's even better. Um, but that's ideally what should be done. And as I mentioned, it can be done until Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So that covers the parsha or the section that I want to talk about, about Matzah Shekel. There's another unusual halacha that people are not so familiar with, with regards to halachas of Purim. And that is the idea of doing work on Purim. Um, as you know, there are the, the Gemara says it depends on the minagamakam. What is the minagamakam? What is the custom in, in the place? Do, does one do work or not do work? It seems that the postkim hold bismanazeh, the postkim hold it in America nowadays, the custom generally speaking is not to do work unless it is A, something that is work for, sim, for, for the purpose of simcha, of bringing joy, um, something that is uh, for like a sheva brachos or something like that. Um, or if it's a davar ha'avud. So, so those people who are employed have a job and you can't get out of your job and you need to go into work, you should do, you, you, you obviously are allowed to do so. However, if a person does not have to go to work and has the opportunity to take off, it's, it's certainly a mile to do so. In fact, the Gemara says not such very nice things. If you remember, Dr. Shaq, the Gemara says somebody who works on Purim is Eno Sim Simon Bracha. There's no Bracha that comes from that. Again, Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky writes in his Sefer that uh, that only applies if you're working at a time that's not appropriate to be working. If a person is doing work that he has to do, then that does not apply. Um, as far as doing laundry or things like that, that is completely permissible because we're fortunate, we bar Hashem, we live in a time and in a place where one can do laundry easily, just turn on it with just a push of a button, so laundry is not a problem, cutting fingernails, also not a problem, any of those type of things that don't take any any sort of effort is, uh, is, is, is permissible, and the prohibition against working is dafka during the day, on the day of Purim, not at night, there's no, there's no prohibition of doing work at night, so that really covers where we're at in terms of doing work, doing malacha on Purim. That what's what what the custom is. Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, alanisim. So as you know, on Hanukkah and Purim, we add into our tefilos and into our benching a tefilah of alanisim alapurkan, where we thank Hashem for the nisim for the miracles that happened. As now, the halacha is that if a person missed alanisim in Shmon Esrei then he does not go back. Unlike Mashiva Ruach or Yalav Yavo, um, which if a person misses those things, a person has to repeat the Shon Esrei. If you missed Al Hanisim, you do not repeat the Shon Esrei. You, know, you just go on and you, you missed it. It's unfortunate. Now, there is one slight makeup that a person could do. If a person didn't say Al Hanisim, the Al Hanisim, the way it works out, you say Modem. Before you start in the middle of the Bracha of Modem, people don't realize the middle of the Bracha because of the way that's Printed in the Sidurim, but the Al Kulam Yisbarach Yisraimam is the end of the bracha of Modim. The Al Kulam, that part of the bracha, you know, in most Sidurim, when you turn the page, you can say Al Kulam at the top of the page, or it's it's written in two columns, and then at the bottom of the page, it's Al Kulam goes all across the page. It looks like it's a new bracha, but it, it's not actually a new bracha. That 
that in the middle of that bracha of modim, right before Baal Kulam, that's when you're supposed to say al If a person forgot and he didn't say, didn't say al right away, until he makes the bracha of Baruch HaTashem, um, where you make where you bow down for that second time at the end of the bracha modem until you say baruch to Hashem until you said Hashem's name you are allowed to go back so you would go back and you'd say alanisim and then you would start from val kulam again even if you already said val kulam you know present said val kulam go back and say alanisim and then start val kulam again. Not you don't go back to the beginning of modem, but you go back to Alanisim and you repeat Alanisim again. If you missed Alanisim, you say you can't fill in Alanisim over there, you can't go back at that point in time. After you start uh, towards the end of Yushman Esrei, when in the, the in the in that last section of Alokai Neshama. So Alokai Neshama is consists what's called it's like a special little private prayer, right? So right before you say, right before you say, right, and you say, and then you say, before you say, you can fill in Alanisim over there. You can say Alanisim over there before you say, interesting, I, I saw in many Sidurim, before you start El Kainashama, it's printed that you should say, and it's in some Sidurim, it's printed that you say it twice, sometimes, and then again. Apparently, it is the minute of the Vilna Gon and the, and the Shmuel seems to pass in this way. And it's the first time I've seen it myself, so it's a chiddush to me. So I'm just sharing and passing it along. It seems that there are poskim that hold very strongly. You should not say Yularatan twice. You should skip that first Yularatan because when you say the words Yularatan Imrei Fi you're done Shmuel Esrei. It's over. Then you say Elokai Shama, That's like an addendum after your Shmuel Esrei. Shmuel says, but you don't want Elkanah to be after your Shmuel Esrei. You want it to be in your Shmuel Esrei. You want it to be the last part of your Shmuel Esrei right before you say, oh, it's Shalom. So he says not to say that first Yuluratzam. If I remember correctly, going back to when I was a little child, they used to have a sitter that was called the, um, it was called the Shiloh Siddur. Do you remember those Shiloh Siddurim? In the Shiloh Siddurim, if I'm not mistaken, it does not have you that, you, that first Yuluratzam. And so the so post can say not to say that you Laraton, and you should say Tsar, and then you but again you should say you should say Alanisim if you're filling it in in the in the section of Tsar, you should fill it in before you say you Laraton. Okay. Um uh, 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 if a person made a mistake and he started going back, let's say a person said Hatoshim Hodos. And then he started Sim Shalom Racha I forgot you. I forgot Alanisim. I'm going to go back now. If you start going back and then you realize you made a mistake, and you went back. You have to stop in the middle and go and go and, and continue your Shmona Esrei without going back. You know, it's going back is a mistake. Repeating Shmona Esrei. Let's say a person went back and he said uh, he doesn't know he doesn't know the halachas, so he starts saying uh, he starts repeating the whole Shmona Esrei because he because, because he missed Alanisim. And then he overhears two people schmoozing next to him. One guy says, other, I forgot to say Alanis. And the guy says, oh, well, you missed it. You don't go back. Now he realizes, oh, hey, I'm repeating Shmuel Esrei. What, what am I doing? Shmuel says, you have to stop right away. You, you, do, you, do, not, you do not repeat Shmuel Esrei for Alanisim under any circumstances. If you ended up repeating Shmuel Esrei, you should, not, you should stop. Now, see, that seems to indicate that Alanisim not so important. What happens if I'm davening a little longer than the tzibur? I'm going a little longer than everybody else. I'm, my my, my shmoneser is taking me a little longer. And I'm up to Alanisim, and they get up to Kedusha. Or they start Chazar Sashats, 
and I'm only up to Alanisim. And I realize if I'm going to read through Alanisim, maybe somebody has a hard time reading and, and Alanisim is going to go slowly or whatever it is. If I say Alanisim, I'm not going to be finished Shmona before they get to Kedusha. So I'm going to miss saying Kedusha. Should a person skip Alhanisim in order to get to Kedusha? That's the, that, that, what, what, what's, what's the story over there? So that the halacha is no, absolutely not. A person, if you're in the middle of your Shemona Esrei, you don't worry about what, what everybody else is doing. They start Chazor HaShatz, they start Chazor HaShatz, it's not your problem. You continue with Alanisim until, until you're done. When you're done with Alanisim, then it's time to, then you, then you pick up from where, where everybody, where everybody else is up to. Okay. So that's, that is, a, that's what I wanted to share with regard to, uh, the addition of Al-Hanisim. Let's talk a little bit of now about Kriyasa Megillah, because there's a lot of halachos with regards to Kriyasa Megillah that I want to share that, that, that are important that, that a person know. So everybody knows that um, the Kriyasa Megillah is the main mitzvah for, certainly for the night of Purim, even for the day of Purim, um, that's the main mitzvah. That's all the other mitzvahs all come out of the mitzvah of Kriyasa Megillah. According to many poskim, according to the Gemara, the reading of the Megillah is the Hallel of Purim. In other words, even though mo- most Yom Tovim we say Hallel, on Purim we don't say Hallel. There are many different reasons brought down. The Gemara brings down because of it's an ace that happened in Chutzlaret, and it's before they conquered Eretz Yisrael. So even though Kriyas Yamsev was also in Chutzlaret, but that happened before they conquered Eretz Yisrael, so it's after they conquered Eretz Yisrael. So we don't say Hallel, but we do say, we do say, we do read the Megillah. Okay, so the reading of the Megillah um, has to take place uh, let's, 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 let's start with the, the pre-reading the Megillah, which is, this is especially relevant this year, these halachos, because, uh, this year, Tainus Esther, I believe, I mean, if you don't count the fact that Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur are, are 25 hour fasts, because we spend most of that time, almost half of that time sleeping, right? The Tainus Esther this year is probably the longest fast of the year, um, because we're going to change the clocks in Hashem this this week, so uh, so you're not going to you can't really read uh, you're not really supposed to read the Megillah until after Tzeisa Kochavim. Tzeisa Kochavim is going to be is going to be an hour later than what it is now. So Tzeisa Kochavim this past Shabbos was around six thirty six twenty five ish, right? So Tzeisa Kochavim is not until seven twenty five. Not going to start reading the Megillah until seven twenty-five. According in some places, in 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 Shari Tzvila, we're not going. We're going to be makpid on Rabbeinu Tam. We're not going to start. We're going to not going to start till sixty minutes afterwards, at least. You know, it's going to be almost eight o'clock before we even start reading the Megillah. By the time we're done with the Megillah, it's going to be eight forty-five. So, like this, in the la- in the last half hour before it's time to read the Megillah, like many other mitzvahs, you are not allowed to engage in anything that's going to distract you from that mitzvah. You're not allowed to eat. You're not allowed to sleep. You're not allowed. You're not. You're not allowed to start learning a, an in depth something in depth. Um, you have to avoid all of those things. So until after you read the Megillah, if you look in the Mishnah Brewer, he is very very mockpit about this, and he doesn't allow you to almost eat almost anything. Um, they allow taima to taste something less than a shear of a kabea. The kabea is the size of about three olives, so I would say the shear of a kabea of the kabea is approximately uh, it's approximately three four ounces. That's about it. That's not a whole lot of eating if you've been fasting the whole day. And for those people that unfortunately have to go to the second kriyas because let's say you have little kids, so you uh, 
So you, so one of the parents went to the first Kriyas Megillah, the other parents is going to the second Kriyas Megillah, till they get around to that, that's going to be really, really, really late. Mm-hmm. So like this, there are, a couple, there, are, there are a couple of things that you could be rely upon for this. So if a person has a Shomer, he has somebody who's going to remind him that, or him or her, by the way, because Kriyas Megillah, as you know, the mitzvah of hearing the Megillah is a mitzvah not only for men, but it's a mitzvah for ladies as well. They are they are also obligated in hearing the Megillah. We'll talk about that a little further in a few minutes, right? That which the, the mitzvah to hear the Megillah being read as such, they are also bound by this halacha that they're not allowed to eat until such time as they, from a half an hour before the time for Kriyas Megillah until after they actually heard the Megillah. You're not allowed man or lady over the age of bar mitzvah, is not allowed to eat or drink uh, or do anything that's going to distract them from doing the mitzvah, unless the following, here's the following caveat, here's the catch. If you have somebody who's going to remind you that you need to go hear the Megillah, in other words, let's say a husband, the wife can say to her husband, please remind me that I have to go hear the Megillah at this and this time, then she can eat. Again, she can't have a whole sula. It can't be like a kisuda shlomo amelach. It can't be like a like King Solomon's feast. You know, you, that, that's not a, that's not okay. But you, but but a small meal, uh, something, a small taste of something, so that just to refresh yourself and get and energize yourself, so you can keep going. You're allowed to do that. Now, when I learned this halacha, I was thinking that of course, well, you 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 know, you have this halacha. It's true by kriyashma. It's true by any other mitzvah also that you have at night. Um, that if you have a mitzvah, then you're not allowed to do that, like uh, um, sukkah or anything like that. You're, you're there, there's kiddush and things like that, other things. Are, but uh, kriyashma, for instance, when it's time to say kriyashma, you're not supposed to eat something either, unless you have somebody that's going to remind you. So, so, but there, the halacha is a little more lenient and allows you to have it to 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 t- to taste to eat a little bit, not just not to have a whole meal. So I was thinking that probably, well, probably the reason why what 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 the they were worried about, the postkin were worried about was you're fasting, tiny sister. Right, and now you start eating. You talk, I might get distracted, or you're so hungry, you eat a little bit, and then you get tired, and then you go to sleep, and then you miss, the, and then you miss Kriyas Megillah. But Rav Shmuel says it's not. It's, it's actually the Hashivas of it's the it's the in, inherent importance of hearing the Megillah itself that that creates this tremendous stringency about not doing not not allowing ourselves to be distracted. Part, part of it is this idea. There is an idea normally when we have a mitzvah drabanan, a rabbinic injunction, and we have a suffix about it. Let's say a person doesn't know whether or not he heard the Megillah, he didn't hear the Megillah, right? So you would say, well, if, since it, if it would be a Torah obligation, did I shake Lulav today? Did I not shake Lulav today? You would have for sure have to shake the Lulav again because it's a Torah obligation. We say suffix doraisa. If you have a Torah obligation that you're in doubt whether or not you actually fulfilled the mitzvah, you have to do it. When it comes to rabbinic uh, mitzvah, like uh, did I light candles on Hanukkah? Let's say on Hanukkah, I lit candles that were that burned through very quickly. Um, but uh, and then and then later on at night, I was like, did I light candles? And I like, yeah, I don't remember. The halacha would be suffered drabban on the kula. What about Megillah? If, I if I'm in doubt as to whether or not I heard the Megillah, let's say somebody you know, I don't know, you went, you 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 had something to eat, you fell asleep. And you're not sure, did you hear the Megillah? You, you can't remember, you're confused and you don't remember. Did you go, did you hear the Megillah? You didn't hear the Megillah. So the halacha is that interestingly enough, by Megillah, it's called Dibre Kabbalah, which means that it's something that is, that is a, was, it was instituted by the prophets, not only by the rabbis. It's not, it's not a regular Durabanan. It's a little bit, it's elevated from the level of a Durabanan. Since it's Dibre Kabbalah, if it's a suffix, you have to listen to it again. If you, let's say, 
The, you, I'll tell you what, the, where, where that comes up is the, is the, is the following. These, these are halachas that we're going to have to discuss anyway. In Kriyasa Megillah, the halacha is that you have to hear the entire Megillah from beginning to end. And not only do you have to hear it, but you have to concentrate on the words of the Megillah to be yotze, the obligation to hear Kriyasa Megillah. In other words, it's not enough that the words are just like flowing over me and I'm half spaced out and, uh, you know, I, I think I heard it and I'm not, I didn't think I, no, you actually have to concentrate on the mitzvah, which is why it's certainly advisable that a person have a Megillah, if possible, a kosher Megillah in front of him, in case you miss a word or two, then you can read the words yourself quickly and catch up. To where the, wherever the wherever the balkare, whether wherever the reader is up to, and you're you're good. But even without that, you should at least have a chumash in front of you, so you're reading it. If you're reading the words along with the balkare, and this is a little bit different than than regular kriyasa Torah. Regular kriyasa Torah, you can just listen to what's being read. On, in Kriyasa Megillah, you should actually be reading along. It's advisable that one read along with the Balkari again in an undertone. Remember that if you read it, if you whisper it, and the guy next to you whispers it, and the guy next to him whispers it, everybody's whispering it. You're going to be distracting one another. You got to do it in, a, in an undertone in a way that it's not that you're the only one that knows. You can you can't you don't even you don't necessarily have to hear yourself reading it, but the fact that you're reading it is what's going to keep you focused and make sure that you're that you're actually paying attention. So you should have a, a Megillah, you should read from it, and you should and you should make sure that you are Yotze. If a person has a doubt, he thinks maybe he missed a word, or for instance, he thinks that the Balkari made a mistake on a word and, the, and everybody else says, No, 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 he read it correctly. You have to read that word yourself. You have to make sure you make up that word. And if you if you if you're in doubt as to whether or not you heard a word or not, then unless you actually read the Megillah yourself, again, it's like a Suffolk Drabanan, you actually have to uh you have to make sure to hear to hear the to, to make sure to hear that word, otherwise you're not Yotze. Um when it comes to the reminder, one if somebody wants somebody's reminding you, let me just go back to that just for one moment one moment. It's important that the person that is another person that's reminding you to go hear the Megillah. It's not good enough to just uh, set your alarm. You know, so I'll, I'll set my phone to beep so that I'll so I'll remember to go hear the Megillah. That's not good enough. Um, as long as you have somebody who's going to remind you to go hear Kriyasa Megillah, then you're allowed to taste something. You can have a little bit to eat. You can eat a little bit. Again, not a full suda, but you can eat more than just a taima, more than just tasting something. You can you can actually have like a a glass of water or something like that especially for those people that the fast is going to be very long for them. It certainly would that they would certainly be permissible for a person to do that. Okay. Um, if a person spoke, the person talked in the middle of Kriyasa Megillah. So it's a little bit different than Kiyas Shaifer. There are two mitzvahs that we have where we make a bracha in the beginning and you make one long bracha and the bracha is supposed to continue all the way to the end. So for instance, the bracha of Megillah, you make a bracha um, al Kriyas Megillah, right? So we we have mitzvah of Kriyas Megillah. So that bracha is starts when you start reading the Megillah. And the mitzvah is not over until you finish the whole mitzvah till until the end. And you read the, when you make the bracha of Haravas Rivenu and all the brachos that we say afterwards. Um, you're not supposed to talk in between. It's not the right thing to do. Of course, if you're trying to hear every word that the Balkari is reading, you also don't want to talk because if you're talking, you're you know you're not really listening. If a person talked, but he feels that even though he said a word or two. I don't know when the kids was bothering you and you told them Shh, be quiet, but you know you're you know that you're listening at the same time while you do that. As long as you know that you heard every word, you didn't miss something. You are yotze, which is interesting because the halacha that you're yotze 
you are you fulfill your obligation reading it is works with the mechanism that we call Shomea Ka'one, which is I'm listening to you say it, and it's as though I said it myself. Well, if I'm it's as though I'm saying the words that you're saying, and now I'm saying to my child, be quiet or go play outside, or stop shaking your grog, or whatever it is that I choose to say to the child at that particular moment, how am I saying two things at once? Right? But, but Rabbi Shmuel says, as long as you know for sure that you didn't miss any words as you were shushing your child, or telling your child to behave, or whatever it was that you happened to need, there was such an urgent need that you had to say it in that moment, um, you, uh, you, you're still Yotze, you're still Yotze, you're Chiv. Okay? Um, okay. Uh, um, now, the bracha of Shechianu that the Shliach Tzibur makes, at night the Shechianu is going on the Kriyasa Megillah, during the day one should have in mind that the Shechianu that the, that the Balkore makes, the person who's reading the Megillah makes, that Shechianu should go not only on the mitzvah of reading the Megillah, but all the other mitzvahs of the day as well. What are the mitzvah of Matonus Evyonim, the mitzvah of Shalachmanus, and even the mitzvah of Sudas Purim, the Te'it to have a Purim Suda, those mitzvahs also need to be covered with the Shechionu that you're making at the same time. Um, and you should have that in mind. Uh, um, okay. Um, now, you should be Yotze with the bracha that the Shech Tzibur is making. And as such, you should not say, say many times when we listen to a bracha and they say, Baruch Atah Hashem, we say, Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemo. We say, when you mention Hashem's name, so we say, Blessed is Hashem's name. But when you're being Yotze, the bracha with them, so then you don't say, Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemo. For those of you, those of you that are, have ever been in Shul, when I read the Haftarah, you'll notice that I, that I the, the way the, the the nig the way the 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 cantillation or the or the tune goes for the haftorah bracha is is such that you answer baruch hu baruch shmo on the brachos that the shliach tzibur is making. I don't know if you ever noticed that when the bracha afterwards, right? When the bracha after the haftorah, but really the shliach tzibur is being mowed to you that bracha, and you really shouldn't answer baruch hu baruch shmo on that bracha either. That's a shmuz for another time, a discussion for another for another day. Now, with regards to Women's hearing hearing of the Megillah and reading of the Megillah. So there are a couple of halachas that I'd like to that I'd just like to emphasize um, that are that are according to most poskim. Again, this is not these are not necessarily universal, but this certainly the the uh, a sampling of major poskim. Most of them feel this way. There is a shaila in Rishonim. There's a machlokas Rishonim whether or not the mitzvah of women for Kriyasa Megillah is the mitzvah to read the Megillah. Or is there a mitzvah only to hear the Megillah? Um, most poskim agree that a lady's obligation is to hear the reading of the Megillah. Now, that makes a nafkamina. That makes a halachic difference as follows. If, uh, if you have a reading that is for ladies only, so even though the bracha on the Megillah is, let's say the Balkari himself is a, is who is reading for the ladies. Again, the mitzvah for the ladies is to hear the Megillah. So ideally, the person reading the Megillah should not be a lady because she a lady doesn't have an obligation to read the Megillah. She only has an obligation to hear the Megillah. So if she has a mitzvah to hear the Megillah, you're making a bracha for her, The brach, what bracha do you make? The bracha that we usually make in shul for the for reading of the Megillah is al-kriyas ha-megillah. al-kriyas ha-megillah, the mitzvah to read the Megillah. A lady, if you made that bracha, a man's yotzi with that bracha, a lady's yotzi with bracha, l'kuli al to all shitos, 
everybody's yotu with a, with a bracha of Kriyas and Megillah. But if you have a ladies reading of the Megillah, meaning that there are only ladies there, there are only ladies present, then you, the bracha should be Lishmaya Esha Megillah. should be to hear the Megillah, not to read the Megillah. Because the, the mitzvah that they're being Mekayim, the mitzvah that they're fulfilling, is the mitzvah of Shmias HaMegillah, hearing the Megillah as opposed to reading the Megillah. Um, it, now, it's interesting. The mitzvah of Kriyas HaMegillah does not require a minion. Does not, it's not a Dabr Shabbat Kedusha. It does not require a minion. But it does require a crowd. It requires, you should have, ideally, you should have at least 10 people there. Why? Because the Iker Mitzvah of Kriyas HaMegillah is, or the Iker Mitzvah of reading or hearing the Megillah is Pirsumanisa. Is making the, is, is, is establishing. For Pirsumanisa, 10 ladies is as good as 10 men. Right, and those, even though for a davar shabikdusha for a minion it requires ten men, requires an ada, but for the kriyasa megillah, ten ladies is the same as ten men because you have persumanisa with ten people. Period. It doesn't make a difference, men, men or ladies. Now, the one fascinating halacha that I found, um, which is, uh, is is as follows: Let's say you have a child who is old enough to be educated, old enough for you to have an obligation to have him. Uh, uh, to the, to, you have a mitzvah of chinuch, you have a mitzvah of, of educating him to go hear the Megillah. You have a lady, let's say you, there are, let's say you have, um, a, a child of that age and the lady of the house and there's little children that need to be babysat. So who stays home and babysits the kids? Should, is it, is it preferable that the, and let's say there's only one minion, there's only one tzibur that's going to be, otherwise it's going to be read by Yachidus. If, there's if it's going to be that there's going to be a later reading for ladies and there'll be a, you know 15 10 15 20 35 ladies later so for sure the lady should go later to the to kriya and the child should go hear the megillah but even if the ladies have to read the megillah herself Rav Shmuel writes that it's a, that that it's preferable that the child it's preferable that he go hear the megillah rather than the lady that he'll go hear the megillah together with the two I'm not sure what the rationale for that is. But that seems to be that seems to be the halacha. Now, um, I'm going to f- end off with one final halacha. Even though I didn't get to the halachas yet of Sudas Purim, Matanas Avionim, and Shalchmanos, I feel like those I want to cover those uh, more in depth. So I'm going to come back. We'll, we'll see if we can figure out another time to say that. Say those. I just want to say add. Let me, let me just end for tonight with. One more uh, set of halachos that that's important that people be aware of, and that is the night of Purim. So we know that by the day of Purim, in the day of Purim, that is the ikr, that is the main time for uh, most of the mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah of Kriyas and Megillah during the day. There's a mitzvah of Matan Sevyonim, Shalachmanos, and Sudas, Sudas Purim. In fact, if a person has his Sudas Purim the night before, he's not yotze the mitzvah Sudas Purim. However, Rib Shmuel, Shmuel Kamenetsky writes that there is a mitzvah to have some sort of a suda. You don't have to have basar. You don't have to have meat. You don't even have to have wine. You should, ideally, you should wash and have some sort of a suda. <coughs> Poor night, there should be a little bit of a festive air. There should be extra candles, maybe a little bit of light. Um, there is no inion. There is no inion to get drunk whatsoever. Um, uh, sorry to all any yeshiva bachram that might eventually hear this, there is no Indian Purim night to get drunk, to become inebriated. 
there is perhaps to have a little bit more wine than one would one normally have to have maybe a, a lachaim or something like that, just to show the chashivas for the day. But um, it ju- it's just a matter of drinking a little bit, just a, just something as a, as a, to make it a to, to make it a, a simchadit. But um, so there is an inyan of su of a suda. There is an inyan of a of, of a masiba, perhaps where Mitzvah will have. At my house, we'll have for for men. The ladies always have their here in Providence. The ladies always have their talent show on on prom night. So for the men, we'll have a little get together in my house. For anyone that wants to come after after Megillah reading, after the second Megillah reading, to my house for a little bit of a get together. Maybe there we'll talk about some more some some other of the lachas. We'll talk a little bit about the Megillah and just to celebrate a little bit, to sing some smiros, to say, just to give just to give shalach The night of Purim is also chashiv. In other words, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't just you shouldn't just let the night of Purim pass us by, but there's no Indian to have uh, the, the same degree of celebration as one has during the day. The Iker Mitzvos, the Iker, the main time to do the Mitzvos is uh, during the day. Maton Sevyonim and Shalach Monos or Be'ikar are mostly connected to the Suda Purim, right? The concept of Shalach Monos is to give prepared foods that somebody can actually eat. At the Sudas Purim, the, the goal is to give Matanas Avionim so that even an Avion, even a poor person, should be able to have a Sudas Purim. We shouldn't do without a Sudas Purim. We should all eat a Sudas Purim. And um, the, those, are, those, are the, those are the main mitzvahs. So those mitzvahs are supposed to happen during the day. Again, there are many details that go into that. How much do you have to give for Matanas Avionim? Can you eat before you did the mitzvah Matanas Avionim and Shalach Manus in the morning? That's just like we said before for Chris and Megillah. That's a question that we were gonna that we would have to deal with the Sudas Purim, exactly what time is the right time to do the Sudas Purim. All of those halachos, um, Ritz Hashem, we will come back and deal with a, another time. I'm gonna try to maybe we'll try to squeeze it in um uh maybe maybe on uh Sunday night, next Sunday night. Oh there'll be a I will put out something, Ritz Hashem, so that people can see. And next Monday. As Hashem, I'm going to give a, a share on the Hashkafas of Purim and talk a little bit, a little bit more insights, a little bit more in depth, some of the messages of Purim itself, that with the things that are for us to learn from that, and um, uh, the share that I was hoping to give on the Malbim's Mahalach in the Megillah, I will have to be postponed for another year. I'm uh, running, I've run out of time on the too many projects that I'm trying to accomplish. So we'll, so we'll leave that out. Leave that for another time. Mitzvahem. So we'll be mashlim these halachos, the halachos of Matan Sevionim, Shalch Monos, and Sudas Purim. We'll try to be mashlim those halachos sometime at the beginning of next week. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. Look forward to seeing you hopefully next week. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Excellent.